Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's Sarcasm Speaks. Jared and Bob here, coming at you on a Tuesday. Um, first of what's going to be many for us. Um, we talked about this a little bit before, but we're about to enter one of those uh, twilight zones, I, I suppose, um, where we got a lot of shit going on. Joe, well, I was going to say Jones is getting married. Jones technically is already married. Um, we're going to have we're, a party. We're celebrating it. Yeah, we're having the party for Jones getting married uh, this weekend, which is Memorial Day weekend. Um, then the following weekend, you are going to California to play Pebble Beach. And what, Spyglass? Are you playing Blame. Monterey too? Nope. Uh, so Monterey is, an, Monterey is a private out there. Okay. Um, and it's not on the resort. The resort courses are Pebble Spyglass, Spanish Bay, <clears throat> Del Monte, and the par three course is the Hay. Um, so I am playing Spyglass. Then Michaela and I are going to modify the play the Hay. Just we're just gonna go once on the nine holes. I'm gonna yeah. hit the wedge shot, and she's just gonna putt for her. Um, nice. And then I'm playing pebble. All right, I like it. Is she going with you at pebble, or are you? She's gonna solo? walk. She's gonna walk pebble with me. So nice. I'm getting a caddy. So I'm walking, and she's allowed to walk with me. Nice. They don't charge you extra for that, do they? No, not that. But if she wants a card, it's 50 bucks. Yeah, that's what it was at Kapalua. It was uh it was fifty dollars to have your significant other ride in the cart with you. Yeah, so um I'm not riding. I want the local caddy, so yeah, she's she's walking. (laughs) Which I actually just saw someone posted on Twitter recently. That Kapalua just punched their entire course, actually, not just their greens. So the picture was of the first tee and the first fairway was like basically all sand. It was like yellow and brown and gross looking. And um, they put they commented and was like, oh, still going to charge you 225. And then all through the comments, people were like, I paid 450. I paid all this. And it's like. Okay, but you guys are being fucking retarded because yes, I also paid 450. I talked about that on the podcast, but I traveled there to Hawaii from Boston. Like I wasn't going to bring my clubs with me, right? We went on a 10-day honeymoon vacation, whatever you want to call it. Like I mean, it was a honeymoon, but either way, like I wasn't there to play golf, right? So I I golfed one day. Um, I, I wanted to play the plantation course, so I paid to play, right? I also paid to rent shoes. I had to rent clubs. Um, I needed to buy balls and also have to pay the cart fee and then $50 on top of that so that Amy could ride in the cart with me. So yes, I paid $450 to play a Kapalua plantation course. If someone was going there specifically for golf, they would pay $225 because it costs $225 to play. That's the greens fee. So like, 
I, I just thought it was hilarious that all these people in the comments are like, I, I would never pay 450 to play to play there right now. And it's like, okay, well, you don't have to. Are you like if you're are you there right now? No, I don't think yeah. you are. Right. You're you're talking about as if you paid to play there in the past, right? Like I I just don't I don't get I don't get people, I think, <laughs> in general. Yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I know we made fun of sawgrass for it where people like Oh, 800 bucks. It's only 600 and it's like, or whatever the fuck it is. 600. Yeah. Oh, it's only 400. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but like how anyone knows what they actually paid at Sawgrass for a round of golf is kind of crazy to me because there's so many packages. Like, I think you and I could go stay one night, play one round. And it's like 1700 bucks. So it's like, where does the room end and the round start? Right. Because like the room could be a thousand bucks a night. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a Marriott, but because if it's a thousand dollar, if it's like a thousand dollar a night hotel, that's three fifty a person. It's like that's not that bad. Right. But if it's like a fucking four hundred dollar room, and now it's six fifty a person, it's like all right, well that's what Pebble costs. Yeah. So. I don't know. The whole value thing is kind of fucking crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's also subjective, right? Like, yeah, because some people wouldn't pay more than fifty bucks to play around. Right. I'm like, I don't even know how to play around for less than fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, and then that doesn't even account for which part of the country you live in. Like in Massachusetts, any decent public is going to be over a hundred bucks on the weekends. Yes. Now I'll just pick a I'll pick a random state. Let's just pick West Virginia. It's not going to be a hundred bucks to play, right? Call them top twenty-five publics in the state, right? Now top one, two, three, maybe I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck West Virginia has. I don't pick a random state. Yeah, <laughs> but I just assume cost of living and cost of things is way lower. So yeah, you might be able to play peak time, 75 bucks with a cart, and that's that. Whereas that caliber course in Massachusetts is well over 100, could even be more. Could yeah. be even 160. Yeah, even Rhode Island too, like you know, if you include Massachusetts and Rhode Island cuz Rhode Island has some decent courses. Um I say they have some very nice courses. Let's uh, let's not try and you know belittle. Yeah, I don't I don't know what their publics are like because I've only played Newport, Metacomets under construction, Montop is semi. I liked Montop. Um, I, I like played... Triggs. Yeah, Triggs is a Triggs is technically nice. a muni, but yeah, I think they care about it. Right. Meadowbrook uh, is supposed to be good in New Rhode Island. I don't yeah, know that's an absolutely beautiful course. I drove by it a couple weeks ago when we went to um, Amy's cousin's kid's first birthday party. Or I told you about that. <clears throat> um, they live in, it's either like Richmond or Wyoming, the, the, uh, Rhode Island. I think they li- technically, 
Wyoming might be like the village and Richmond is like the town. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it's literally middle of nowhere, Rhode Island. Um, and I drove by this course and I'm like, holy shit, like this course is fucking beautiful. And I looked it up and it, it was uh, Brook Meadow or Meadowbrook. It's Meadowbrook, yeah. Meadowbrook. Yeah, Brook Meadow is the one in Canton. Yep. And yeah, so Meadow, Meadow, I mean, it's supposed to be good. Yeah, it looked beautiful. Like it was a, it was very like open, hilly, like I'll say like Lynx style. Obviously, it's not a Lynx, right? It doesn't fit the definition. That just, but, that just means there were no trees. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of trees. And it was like hilly. It was very like undulating. TV doesn't do it justice. Yeah, no, it never does. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I mean, I would definitely play there. It's just like such a pain in the ass. It's like, because it's not close. It's far, isn't it? Probably like an hour, uh, hour from you. For me, it's probably about 45 minutes. Yeah, that means for me, it's like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those, like how good, it's the sliding scale, right? It's like, how good does it have to be in order for you to drive? It's that question that, you know, people talk about all the time. Well, how far would you drive to play golf? Or how much money would you pay to play golf? And the answer is always, it depends. It depends. Like, I'm not going to drive <clears throat> three hours to play a course that's the equivalent of fucking Ponkapog, right? But I'll drive three hours to play Bethpage, right? Like, it's, I mean, a full knowing I'm going to get bent over, but I'm just saying, like, Bethpage is three hours away. I would drive that to play at that course. Um, hour, hour four for me is Meadowbrook. That's not bad. Hour is usually my radius. Yeah. Um, if it's an hour for me and it's like considered moderately good, I got no problem. Yeah. I think probably same. I'm right yeah. around there. Like I'll go to Worcester, right? Like I'll, I'll play, like we played green Hills. I remember liking green Hills. Yep. Like um, I would play that again. Yeah, so we're talking, yeah, so it's Worcester area, it's bottom of Rhode Island, or not bottom, I guess, because bottom's even further. Yeah, it north. depends. Like What's what? an hour north? Oh, myopia is an hour north, so anything in between there, but there's not much up there. Yeah. Like, I played, like, last summer, I think I played twice, actually, at Stowe, Stowe Acres. Yeah, is that Acton-ish? Um, I think it's in Stowe. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Like is it's like Stowe or... is is the town of Stowe Acton ish or no? Um truthfully, I don't know where Acton is, but it's more like um it's near Boxborough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's think of more like oh, like air and oh um... air's near um Redtail. Yeah. Air is like Devons. Devers, Devers, Air, um uh begins with an H, not Hudson. Holyoke? No. Nope. That's way out there. Um, Harvard. Harvard, Mass. Harvard. Yeah. It's apple picking country. Maynard, Acton, Concord, Hudson, Marlboro. That's all out there. I'm looking at the map right now. So yeah, I yeah, played I, mean, I played Stowe. That's a that was a beautiful course. Um Bolton, that's another one. Michael Bolton. I played in Bolton. 
that's where the international is. Yep. I would play there, right? Like I would. I don't know I what would, the deal is there now. I would drive to Bolton to play the international. I don't know what the deal is with the international. I don't know if it's private, public. Yeah. Not both. Yeah. Renovated, not renovated. I don't know what the fuck happened. I know they had the <laughs> fucking live event there last year. Right. Right. But I but uh, I played with um, our British friend in the mass four ball in 2019 there. And there was rumors that they were going to develop. And then during COVID, there were rumors that they were closing. Oh, wow. And then there was rumors of it was sold or it wasn't sold. And then they were renovating. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what's happening here. And I just figured I would probably never be back out that way to play the international. <laughs> isn't um, Quail Ridge, isn't that a good golf course out that way? That's all. I think that's Acton as that's well. That's Acton, yeah. I don't know, I never played. Um, oh, I've heard good things about Butterbrook. I think I have too. Um, I think I've heard more about the Worcester courses, less so whatever the fuck that Route 2 belt yeah. is. Butterbrook is, is that Westford? Um, yeah, it is in Westford. <laughs> It would take me exactly. It is exactly one hour from my house. Yeah. So they're out there, right? But even still, what was the one we were talking about in? Uh, fuck! It's like almost in Vermont. It's like the top left corner. Oh, Taconic. Taconic. Yeah, like Taconic's like every bit of. Th- three no two and a half but like i would drive three hours to play taconic taconic is supposed to be worth it right isn't it like the number one course in the state not number one but or public or whatever it's probably the number one public and it rivals a bunch of privates yeah taconic is supposed to be legit yeah so like that's one of those like I would make that drive. But yeah, I'd like to parlay that into like a weekend or at least two days. Maybe not drive. <laughs> drive six hours in a day. Yeah, yeah, two forty-five <laughs> to play in four and a half. Yeah, because two forty-five and two forty-five is five and a half plus. That's, we, that's like a ten. Dude, that's like a ten-hour day. It's like a, we could that's um, almost a full day of work for me. We could potentially do that in lieu of guys weekend because it seems as if no one wants to do that because i sent out that text like two old going on three weeks ago and like some people responded and were like yeah sure maybe and then they were like well i can't do this weekend and everyone was like oh i can't do that weekend and then it's just been radio silence ever since so yeah Maybe. Whatever we can talk, we can talk about that off air because <laughs> I feel like the way, like, because you know how our friend group operates, and the way that you left it kind of just dropped fucking napalm on interaction because they're so like they barely they barely uh, respond anyway. Yeah, 
And then like what you put in there almost is going to be like guaranteed that now no one's going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> and like people who were in now won't be. I don't even know. We'll fucking. Yeah. We'll, so, we'll, we'll 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 hammer out some logistics because I was thinking that. Yeah. Like either way, if that doesn't work, I like I said, I would st- I would be down for a, a weekend trip, you know, like a Taconic, right? It doesn't have to be Taconic either. Taconic's probably one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could easily do that in a weekend, right? We drive out Friday afternoon, play Saturday, maybe play Sunday, or maybe play twice on Saturday, drive home Saturday, or some, sorry, Sunday midday after we play. I don't know. It's, there's ways to figure it out. Or yeah, drive up Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday. Yeah, dude, there's like a million options. Yeah. Leave at the ass crack of dawn Friday, play, leave Saturday morning, start doubling back, play somewhere on the way oh, back. Oh, yeah. That's actually a really good fucking idea. Uh, that's all I have. <laughs> you know all the answers and you have all the good ideas. Dude, if it's anything golf related, I can probably fucking figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of like specifics, like don't ask me to plan a band-in trip. I can't do that, but. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole thing. You need a week for that. Yeah, you need a week, a year out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 16 months from now, we're going to take one week, right? Yeah, but, like... yeah, hey, but seriously. No, I know, I know. And that's how you hear like all like the hilarious stories and like where the memes come from, right? To where it's like, Oh yeah, turns out that my wife's due date is the same week as you know my bandon trip or my golf trip or something. And it's like, yeah, that shit happens all the time because in order to play at Bandon, that's what it takes. You have to plan that like 16 months in advance. You have no fucking idea what's gonna happen almost a year and a half from now. Yeah. People are yeah, you see people are like, oh, it turns out my wedding was booked, or you know, my my wife's sister's wedding is that same weekend it's like i don't know dude yeah, she's like, gotta go alone dude yeah yeah seriously like that would be a legitimate thing right like for the amount of money that you would spend to go to band dunes for the week like you're not canceling that trip you you physically can't right it costs, because it costs you 10 like 10 grand yeah because eh, you 10 strong six five six I would say because fl- it's five the flights, six. flights to fucking yeah. Eugene from Boston, like other right. parts of the country, you can get away with it a lot cheaper. But like flying to fucking Eugene, that's going to be so annoying. Yeah. And then you got to pay for the fucking taxi ride from Eugene to two out to almost three hours into the middle of nowhere in Washington or Oregon, wherever the fuck it is. Oregon. It's, you know, it's just. It's one of those things, right? Like I said, like you you don't reschedule it because it's not like you're like, oh, we'll just go next month instead. It's like, nope. no, no, no. You're going to go again in two years. That's when you're yeah. going to go again. Like, <laughs> kid, I, kid I play with, he, there's some Slack channel. I think it's like a local Slack channel of golfers around. He asked me if I want to be in and I think it's too much right now, but. Because I can barely, I barely even read my text messages at this point. I just get too like I don't, I'm not even, dude. I'm not even this popular. I don't get a lot of text messages, and I can't be bothered to read half of them now. I'm like, it's insane. 
It's it's fucking craziness. And I think it's because of the group the group texts. Like even as simple as um guy at the gym was talking about the Peabody Ducks. Have you ever heard of this? No. So there's some hotel, I think it's in Memphis. It's the Peabody Hotel. And they have these ducks where at certain interval or intervals during the day, the the ducks walk the red carpet and jump in the fucking fountain in the hotel. <laughs> He's like, oh, the world famous Peabody Ducks. I go, if it's so world famous, why the fuck haven't I heard of it? Yeah, yeah. But then he feels compelled to put me in a group message with one of the guys that was there and send us the link. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. The second I see group text, I don't I don't open the message. Right. And then when I'm not doing anything, which I can do later on a Saturday, when I'm not doing anything, then I'll look. Right. Like when I get like the best is th- this is beautiful. Like when I get off the golf course now, I see how many text messages I have, swipe them all out of my way. I see how many twi- <laughs> Twitter messages came through, swipe those out of the way. <laughs> emails, those are gone too. And those are only my personal, my my work emails I have to go into myself. Um, and then like whatever else comes through, like MGM trying to get me to bet something or FanDuel trying to get me to bet something. It's like, get the fuck away from me. And then I figure it out and then I double back later or I don't or whatever. Who the hell knows? (laughs) Let's see. Do I have anything today that I just like didn't fucking do? The, uh, Snapchat group was going wild. Yeah. Same thing. Swipe those over. Um, yeah, anyway, so it's like there's some Slack channel with like all just people in Boston, greater Boston, Massachusetts, whatever. So he someone in the, someone in there goes, "Hey, the Bandon trip is planned. It's planned, it's done, it's booked." <laughs> I don't know how the flight thing works. I can't go. Does anyone want to take my place? It's in 1 month. Oh God! And he would, and I think he like maybe just checked with his wife. Goes, what do we got? She goes, nothing. He goes, I'm going abandon. <laughs> and that was like one of those. He goes, when the fuck would that ever happen? He goes, you need to book this shit eight months, a year out, whatever. Yeah. He goes, someone already did it all for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like going to a fucking TJ Maxx. It's almost like getting a shirt on clearance. Like, yeah, yeah. You just save yourself all the trouble. And I bet you there's something that that dude paid for that he can't get his money back for, and you can't transfer. So now our man doesn't have to like handle it or whatever. Like, say it's the shuttle. I don't know, whatever. Right, right. Like shuttle's already paid for. Can't get your money back. Non-transferable. Like, just you know, hey, you're Rick today. No problem. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, outside of it falling in your lap that way, like it's a whole yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. So I looked just for shits and giggles. Um, I don't know. This was probably maybe like two or three months ago. And there was not one available date through calendar year 2023. Yep, so this was, right. again, this was in March, right? Ish, we'll call it March, February, March. Um, not one date left for all of 2023. So I was like, wow, that is uh, pretty legit. It was like right around the time I was watching 
um all yeah because i was say we, we i feel like we talked about bandon yeah yeah because they did a whole series on them so yep. yeah maybe it was a little bit sooner maybe it was like january or february i wouldn't be surprised if that yeah okay i would say i wouldn't be i, I didn't know what you were saying yeah I was just gonna yeah, when insert, I, looked, I was gonna insert my opinion without listening to you. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, it's call it like January, February that's already booked for the entire rest of the year. And then I don't think I could see into 2024, or I could only see like a month or two into 2024. And I don't think I saw any dates there either. So I'll tell you like, right now, for, for a guy that likes golf and appreciates opportunities to play places that are either unique or exclusive or um, just nice or whatever, I'm sorry, but like some of these trips, they're just fucking insane to me. They yeah. are just, they're, they are fucking nuts to me. Like Sand Hills, Nebraska. Dude, like the people talk about this place like, you know what? Absolute must do. How the fuck do you get to these places? Yeah. Well, we even talked about, uh, I guess using air quotes here, a more feasible trip would be to the Ozarks to... um, uh, Big Cedar Lodge. Yeah, I was going to call it Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> That's within uh, an hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, Big, Cedar Big Cedar Lodge, Lodge remember? Right. And, we were, and we were like, you'd have to fly into Little Rock, Arkansas and drive or get on a puddle jumper and get over to the Ozarks, right? Like the, the closest airport to Big Cedar Lodge in wherever the fuck Missouri is Branson is Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> I got a guy who said him and his friends are considering going. If they Big actually Cedar? do, yeah, if they actually do, then I'll get like the inside info. Yeah. I mean, cause that would be fun and it wouldn't be six grand like Bandon. No, but like, Dude, if people are talking about these places, like this is what you get. Yeah, I'm sure that's another one you got to book at least nine months out, right? Like, yeah, I don't. I, that's the thing is, like, I don't know what the. So I booked my Pebble tea times eight months ahead of time. Now I don't know if I had to or if I just could. Right. Um. Yeah, I booked my Kapalua tea time. I think in it was either like June or July. For the end of September, it was like the last week in September that we went. Yeah. So, so I called. Was... I did. I was eight months out. I called in October and I genuinely asked them, like, how far out are you booking? And she goes, oh, well, when you look and I go June, but I'm like, is that too soon? Is that too late? She goes, no, I got stuff in June. She goes, the fall seems to be booking up pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I got, I got June. Like, <laughs> All right. It's just weird. Like, again, eight months ahead of time. Yeah. That's what it takes for some of these places, though. I mean, is what it is, right? Yeah, for some of them. And then I just, like, wonder, like, at what point is it too much? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you have 
you talk about like the experience, right? The cool stuff, the trip or whatever. And it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta weigh all of the stuff, right? Like you can pay the six grand book two years in advance to go to Bandon. You can pay maybe three grand book 10 months in advance and go to big Cedar lodge, or you can pay like 750 bucks and go to Scottsdale and play TPC Scottsdale. And then also like four other golf courses that are within like a rocks throw too. So it's like, yeah. Or you take the flight to Savannah and go to Hilton head. Right. Right. And like, like Myrtle would be cool, but like you can't fly there from here. Yeah, I know. It's a layover on like a fucking two hour flight. Yeah. Fucking amateur hour. You know, or go to North Carolina and do some courses, include Pinehurst, right? In whatever courses you're going to play. Like there's, there are like, yes, obviously it would be really fucking cool, right? To do one of like the Bandon or the Big Cedar or wherever, like one of those destination things. Yeah, but, but come on. Some you of have, these things, some of this is too much. Yeah. And you have the ability to piece together your own trip, right? Like I just said, you can go North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, right? Like it's probably there's places in Texas that I don't know of. I mean, Texas golf, I think is, is pretty good. We got Texas a tournament golf there is this very, weekend. Texas golf is very private. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I think that's the general uh, sentiment is it's very private. Like they, like all of their nice courses are just very, very private. Yeah, that strikes me as a very Texas thing. Like this is ours, go fuck yourself type of thing. <laughs> Seems like their general attitude. Yeah, because like Blue Jack looks fucking sick. Very private. Yeah. I've heard... Didn't someone say there's good golf in Oklahoma? But that's another um, one. Like, who the fuck wants to go to Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, are we uh, does Boston fly to fucking Oklahoma City? And if it does, oh, yeah. if it does, where's the golf? Is it yeah. fucking four hours west? Right, right. Because I know it's seven hours from fucking end to end. Some guy yeah. did it. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what would be fun, too, is uh, somewhere in Montana. Right. Like I know Montana has really good golf courses. How do we get there? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> here, here, here's my thing. So even the convenient places, Pinehurst, we're East Coast, easy flight for us. It's still an hour and a half from Raleigh. So you're renting a car, you're driving down, whatever. Hour and a half, not bad. Yeah. Stream song. I think it's the same thing from Orlando. So you got to fight through Orlando and then it's like an hour and a half south. Like, no problem. Again, like, not bad. But, like, at some point, it's like, dude, does, Bo- like, does Boston even fly to Montana? Yeah. Or does it go to Colorado and hop on a mule? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they fly to Montana. Does Montana even have a fucking real city? This is what I mean is like I mean they have Bozeman. What is that a is that a city? Yeah. It's their I've, biggest city. I've I've never heard of that city. Really? 
I'm pretty sure Bozeman is their biggest fucking city. It's not their capital, is is it? No, it's Helena. Helena is the capital. Um, let's see, Montana cities. Let's see, where's what, Big uh, Sky? It's, that's that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, list of cities and towns, largest cities by population. Oh, Billings is Montana's um, largest city bozeman is the fourth largest helen is the capital yep got it cool well a quick google let's do uh whites where to <laughs> boston montana. to montana <laughs> yeah so is it bozeman brett Favre? <laughs> Helena, Butt, or Sydney? Where should we fly to? <laughs> I mean, they have all these locations. I guess we'll go alphabetical. Missoula. That's another spot. Joe. He's getting <laughs> he's getting fired. Oh yeah. Billings, Great Falls. There's no direct flights. It seems. No. God no. Yeah, you're not going to get a direct flight into Montana. What's ORD? Is that Chicago? Uh, could be. Yeah, O'Hare Regional something. Dicks? O'Hare Regional Dicks? What's the O'Hare Airport code? Because it wouldn't be Orlando. That doesn't make yeah. any Chicago sense. O'Hare is ORD. Okay, so layover in Chicago. That makes sense. Yeah. And that assumes Bozeman is even where we want to fucking be. <laughs> oh, that's Yellowstone. Yes. I don't think there's many golf in Yellowstone because of the whole like national park thing. <laughs> Billings. Billings is probably the place to better place. Wherever there's cities is probably the better place. Yeah. So there we go. Layovers. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, what else is awesome is uh, home prices are falling. They're beginning to fall for the first time in <clears throat> a while. I saw this the other day. Uh, what is it? Oh, here it is. Um, it, oh, I have to go further in the article, but the first line of it says a key housing price metric. I'll find out what the metric is in a second, but, uh, that fell 1.7% in the, this year to April, the largest single year decline in 11 years. <laughs> 2010. No, yeah. 2012. 12. Yeah. So years. I know I have no idea what year it is. Uh, home sales surge during the pandemic. Yep, yep, yep. That combined with the housing shortage, interest rates surged. Uh, higher mortgage rates make buying homes more expensive, which causes demand to fall. I get it. Where is the rising interest rates? Um, caused existing housing sales to fall in 14 of the past 15 months. Um, housing sales have gone down. 
from March to April, uh, existing home home sales fell 3.4% to 4.28 million homes. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know that math, but if roughly 4.3 million homes were sold in April, um, I don't know, three and a half percent more <laughs> were sold in March. I can't even fathom what the math is on that. 4.5, maybe, I don't know, 4.5 million was sold in March. So again, in 14 out of the past 15 months, the amount of uh, homes sold each month has gone down. So the fewer home sales caused the medium existing home prices to fall to $388,800 in April, down 6% from an all-time high in June of 2022, which I think the average home sale in the country was like $410,000 or something like that. Um, and that was in June of 2022. So this is 1.7, this is that metric. This is 1.7% lower than a year ago. So again, average home sale, or not average, median, sorry. Got to get my math terms correct. What's the, the standard deviation? Yeah, <laughs> the median home price, not the mean. The mean would be the average. So the median home price um, was $389,000, which was down 6%. And uh, down 6% from the all-time high and 1.7% lower than last year at the same time. The largest single-year decline in existing home prices since January of 2012. There you go. There's your, there's your answer. <laughs> so the fun part here uh, for us, because this is where we live, Housing sales and prices fell most in some Western and Southern states, but continued to rise, however, in the Northeast. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck us, huh? The, the housing market is failing or starting to fail everywhere in the country, uh, but the Northeast, it's still going up. <laughs> so... Do you have anything to add to that? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna veer off this a touch. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna kind of spin it into like, when does everything fall apart, type of thing. Because we're starting to see the beginnings of it, right? Like, I think we. I, I'm not an economist, right? I don't play one on TV either. Um, but if I had to guess, I would say where we are right now is probably like roughly like 2005, 2006, right? Like I feel like we're getting right to the edge where like shit is about to go off the cliff. Because I think the, like the actual market itself broke um, for lack of a better word in like, wasn't it like late 2007? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I thought it was like a big 0809 was like the big issue there. Well, I think that's when technically the recession was. Yeah. But I think like the the housing part broke in 07. And then that caused like the trickle down of everything was fucked up um in 08 and 09. And then nothing really got back to normal until like 2012. 
good. It's something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Everything's about to go on sale. <laughs> I could use... Well, I guess I couldn't use a sale. I could use like a quick spike. Like an out of nowhere spike. Because <laughs> I, I, have, I have some baggage to fucking unload. Yeah. <laughs> like some of these investments just got absolutely fucking shit canned and they are just like not coming back. So it's like, I need those to go up a little bit so I can just fucking unload them. Yeah. Then everything can come back down and I'll just start buying stuff on sale again. But I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't, I got to get rid of some of this shit. Yeah. Fucking DraftKings. Oh yeah. I bailed on DraftKings a while ago. Yeah. I did kind of get porked on Black Rifle Coffee though. I still own a ton. I think I have like 150 shares of Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, They're down to like $6 a share. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I bought it at like eight or nine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens. My thing is like, especially with DraftKings, it's like it like got so bad that I'm just going to like, there's no harm in me fucking not just leaving it there. Yeah. But I do have um, like Apple and Tesla and all these other ones that um, are crushing right now. So my losses with Black Rifle Coffee are very much offset by <laughs> some of my other ones. Well, that's why I call it baggage. Like I just got to get rid of that shit at the bottom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You only want the, winners. The stuff at the top, it's doing its job. Yeah. We only want winners here. Um. So I was talking to Jamie, Jamie from the couch, Mike, Jamie. Yeah. Whoa. Throwback. Yeah. So he's looking to buy a place and all of that, like good credit, bad credit, all that shit is very fucking real. Yeah. So here's, here's what the banks and the mortgage companies are currently allowed to do. Number one, if you have good credit, they can extort you to buy a lower interest rate. So if you're willing to give them X, they will give you whatever interest rate. Right. So So it's like, it depends on how much money you put down. Right. So like the down payment. So it's like, yeah, you know, if you want to, you know, if you give us a $15,000 down payment, you'll get a 7% interest rate. But if you give us a $25,000 down payment, we'll drop that rate to 6.2. No, I think you have to buy into a program. Oh, really? Yes. Like it might cost like five grand up front, but you get a, you know, 1% less or something. I don't don't know what it is. Oh, shit. That's that's literal extortion. Right. (laughs) There's also, if you have, it's, it's, uh, you know, like when um, any other person has ever tried to buy a house. If you put 20% down, you don't have to pay PMI. And if you're under 20%, you pay PMI until the 20% is covered. Right. If you go over 20%, there's opposite PMI. They are charging you for putting more than 20% down. (laughs) That's absolutely retarded. So if you put 25, that 5% that's over... There's yeah. a there's some type of penalty for that. How and why? 
because they can. Because they can. Yeah, that is. Who's going to stop them? Yeah, certainly not the government. They're the only ones who can. Yeah, because they're they're paying. They're paying the government. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So yes, the interest rates are high. You can pay to get it knocked down, which I don't know what that money goes to. Yeah, just like nothing. Yeah, it just evaporates, right? It's like- to, I guess just to save it in the long run. Um, yeah, if you if you go over whatever. And then I think I think there's something too, which I, I know he doesn't fit into this category, but I actually think I heard something like the less you put down, the more breaks they give you. Like if you only put 3.5% down, then they give you a lower interest rate now. Which is fucking completely ass backwards. Like I get it because they're going to make more on interest over the term. Right. So they can do that. But like I guess they just needed the government to give them permission to do all this shit. Because like the like the bad credit, you can get a better uh, interest rate. Right. So the good credit, you they can charge you more a penalty on top. Yeah, if you have if you have a credit score, I forget what it was, over 640 over no. No, it was like 720 or something. Over 720 it was under 640, that's what it was. Yeah. So if it was over 720, you had to pay an extra, you know, 1.75% and if it was under 640, you got a 1.25% discount or something like that. Yeah. Sounds like what they're doing should be very illegal. That's what it would sound like to me too. Yeah. Because if any other, like if a credit card started doing this. Oh yeah. Someone would sue them and it would be a fucking mess. Yeah. Like. It it sounds, again, it sounds just like very very wrong like everything about it just sounds so fucking wrong yeah it's um because it is <laughs> well, that's what i thought it's got a it's all of the above right it's it's a little bit of uh a little bit of extortion a little bit of racketeering a little bit you know what i mean Well, because like, the other thing too is like with with um now I think auto loans are a little bit different. I don't know if if home loans fit to this category. But like obviously like with a car, like your credit score dictates what percent you get, right? Right. right. So let's use easy numbers. If you have an 800 credit score and you want to get an auto loan, they might give you 0.5%. Right. If you have 700, you might be 1%, and if you have 600, it might be 3%. Right. Right. So now if we took those numbers, I I used a half, I used one and I used three. So that half, they might look at your credit and be like, wow, your credit's really good. Oh, and you want to put down more than 20%. Um, So not only do you owe us like a monthly penalty, your interest rate now is 2% (laughs) and um, you'll be paying that monthly penalty. And then they go to the 1% person, like, hey, your credit's good too. Um, two and a half percent. <laughs> and then they go to this other one and be like, oh, 
Your credit sucks. Well, we pre-approved you for three. Um, two and a half percent. <laughs> That's your discount. So now they're all paying two and a half percent across the board. Right. Um, based on like, again, based on credit. Like I've seen people get auto loans at 13% because their credit sucked so bad. Holy shit. Fucking idiot. I can't believe that kid, that kid and his parents signed for it. It was fucking unbelievable. Oh God. Um, now I think housing, I think is a little different, but I don't think it's that different. Like, cause I know there's like set rates, whatever, but like not everyone's eligible for those set rates. So that's what I'm wondering is if you have shitty credit and say the discounts 1.5%, which I don't know what it is or 1%, do they just bump you up like two, two and a half percent higher and then just give you your one off and be like, ah, well, we gave you your discount, but your rate's still six and a half. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Well, then someone else's hot take at the gym was, well, and then what happens is, you know, they don't care if they default on the bad credit loans because now the the good credit loans, since they're more, those ones pay for the other ones. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I do weight room math. I can't do this other shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess that mathematically makes sense. That is a way to kind of hedge, right? Like if you know the the bad credit people are going to default anyway, giving them less interest doesn't matter because they're going to the end result is default. Well, that's so why I, I just think ultimately it's just a big They're it, squeezing it, more juice out of the people the, they know will pay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I also just think it's just like, again, it's allowable extortion all across the board. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. That's really that's a really fucked up way to look at it. And unfortunately, like I think that's that's accurate. That's probably how they came up with it. I I always like to like imagine like a boardroom. And for some reason, I mean, you'll get this and like our friends will get this cuz they understand. But whenever I go into this like imaginary, this boardroom scene where like people come up with these ideas, it's always Finn in my head that that comes up with these ideas. <laughs> Shout out to Finn. Um, if you don't know him, you wouldn't get it. But it's just like, because it, he's, he's just that type of thinker, right? Like, and he's also the type of person that would like have an idea and just say it, be like, well, have you thought about this? So in my imaginary scenario it's a boardroom of people and then finn is just sitting there and literally just goes well if the people with bad credit are going to default anyway and it doesn't matter whether we give them a one percent interest rate or a 15 percent interest rate shouldn't we just charge the people we do know that are going to pay even more <laughs> and then yeah. everyone in the boardroom is like oh my god that's the best idea ever and then if and they want to put more, they do it and if they want to put more of a down payment they got to pay yeah and yeah. then they can pay to get a lower interest rate. <laughs> yeah. So that's literally, that's basically how I imagine that happened <laughs> at like JP Morgan or wherever the fuck Wells Fargo, whatever massive bank um, decided to do that first. They went and found an old fucking mafia boss. Yeah. <laughs> 
and be like, we need a way to make more money, but we're going to get the government to legalize it for us. What would you do? Yeah. Besides breaking legs. <laughs> Figuratively, of course. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting, I don't know, whatever, two years, whatever the next two years. I mean, realistically, like I say that, right? But realistically, like people like you and I, and I would imagine most of the people that listen to this podcast um, are going to be largely unaffected, right? <laughs> of like whatever really happens on one end. Again, most of the people that listen to the show live in the Northeast I feel like the Northeast has always been um, kind of insulated from the rest of like the country when it comes to economic downturn, even in 08, 09, right? In that kind of financial collapse, like, you know, the Northeast didn't drop as much, right? Like, I think if the entire country on average dropped 40%, I think the Northeast might have only dropped like 20, like 15 or 20%. Um, so on one one end, yes, I think that's going to protect a lot of us, right? Like I said, people like you and me and people who listen to this podcast. Um, but I don't know. It's it's one of those things that's like, you obviously still feel for the people that have, it doesn't, like, like I said, it doesn't mean that it's not going to affect people, right? Like it's not going <clears> to, <throat> I don't want to minimize that either and be like, oh, I'm fine. So everyone else should be fine. <laughs> That's kind of a really fucked up way to to look at things. Uh, well, I mean, I've never met these people. <laughs> That's fair, um, but you know, it's it's just kind of like I don't know. It's weird to to have to think that way when knowing, like, realistically, like we'll probably be fine. Right? Like, I don't have a ton of money in the stock market that I'm about to retire next year. Right. So I'm not going to get fucked there. Um, I don't know. I have one house, not multiple houses and they're, it's literally just right here. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Right. I feel like this is one of those situations that like when shit like that happens, the people that get hit the hardest are, on the extreme ends, right? So like the really rich people get crushed because all of their money, now this is all relative too, right? So if someone has like $50 million and you know half of that is invested in you know different areas, uh, whether it's stocks or real estate or whatever, um, they're gonna get hit hard, right? They'll still have $30 million, right? Which is, again, still plenty of fucking money, but they just lost, you know, what? 40% of their net worth if they go from, you know, 50 million to 30 million. So like, yes, I, I know they still have $30 million, but they just lost 40% of their net worth. And it's the people on the very other end that are like barely getting by living paycheck to paycheck those are the type of people like it's the two ends that get crushed the most and everyone in the middle like i don't know we get fucked every day anyway so it's like it's just another day for just us another day yeah <laughs> you know so 
I feel like, I mean, obviously that's an oversimplification, but I feel like that's a pretty accurate <laughs> statement when it comes to like economics in a nutshell, right? Like when, when things go up, the, uh, the really rich people benefit the most and the, the poor people benefit the second and the people in the middle probably benefit the least. And then when everything crashes, People at the top, the really rich people, probably get hit the most, followed by the people that are really poor, followed by in third, the people in the middle. Like the people in the middle just kind of always are stuck in the middle. And they're, like I said, they're kind of fucked either way. <laughs> well, see, we're not fucked though, because Hurricane John today <laughs> told me that when he's going to start his own power washing company, it's recession proof. Oh. oh, good, good. Yeah, nothing. See, now I thought liquor stores were recession proof. Yeah. He thinks power washing is recession proof. Now, how did he come to that conclusion? That it's in fact recession proof? Yeah. I don't know. Because he wants it to be. Listen, I applauded the idea because he's been doing like he was like in the like the laborers union or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I guess like work sucks right now. Or they don't want him, one or the other. So He's like attempting to work and he's like, you know what? He goes, I'm just like sick of like relying on other people from my fucking like work. I'm like, yeah, dude, I like the, I like the idea. I go, but if you're going to start a power washing company, you may you better fucking start a power washing company and not just like. Not. Yeah, not just like kind of do it or Yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, like my friend, he goes, he took out all these bank loans to start a landscaping company and he doesn't have the company anymore. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, good. Smart. smart Sick. Guy there. Yeah, yeah. You should do that, too. <laughs> you should do yeah. exactly what he did. Yeah. That's funny because I was going to say a landscaping company probably makes more sense than a power washing company. <laughs> I mean, grass is always going to grow, right? Yeah, but I think. Unless we get hit by an asteroid. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't hate the idea. Yeah. You know what I just thought of? That I think is like a sneaky... It's obviously recession-proof, right? When you think about, you know, what businesses Liquor, are recession-proof. What are we talking about? Um, no, uh, like being a... Prostitute? A, a, well, yeah, <laughs> that is probably... Not only is that recession-proof... That probably increases when there's a recession. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know what it, like if you would call it a mortician, right? Like what is a funeral director, right? Like I don't, I don't know. Funeral home director is a thing. Yeah. Like I feel like that's sneaky, like one of the best professions to have. Now, obviously you got to deal with dead bodies and shit, but like if you're the director of the funeral home, that's a great job. Um, if you're like an actual undertaker, um, that probably kind of sucks. I mean, I'm sure you make good money. Are there privately owned cemeteries? Yeah, there has to be. Buying a cemetery would be fucking... That would be something. Um. Yeah, but it's a depreciating asset, right? Because there's only so much space. There's a finite space. So you could land at a good deal. You'd have to try and like unload Buy it something that's got like nuclear waste on it or something you know what i mean you'd have to like try and sell it to the city 
when it's at like 75% capacity where like you've made enough money, but like you're almost at the end. You're like, I got to unload this. Hey, you know, you know, town of whatever you want to buy the cemetery from me. They probably don't. No, they probably don't. But yeah, I feel like um, mortician, I guess, or because I don't want to call it a funeral home director because there's only one of those, right? Like there's only one director for the funeral home, but there's got to be people that work there that don't do undertaking or whatever the fuck it's called, embalming, right? The undertakers are the ones that embalm all the bodies and shit. I don't know all the roles of the funeral home. I don't either. <laughs> but then there's just drivers. Yeah. But like, do the drivers have two tasks? Like, does one also clean the bathrooms? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely... Who buys the those... mints? Who's buying the mints? <laughs> yeah, who's getting those mints? And where the fuck are you getting them from? It's like those strawberry candies. That's a yeah, but the strawberry candy. At least I've seen mints for sale. I've never, or I guess I saw them at one point. I took a picture. Yeah. That's a fucking throwback. That's like episode 12. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think Nick has seen that episode. I, I think um, it's so far back Our when we switched from, I don't even remember who we started hosting with. Whatever platform we started hosting with when we switched over to Podbean. I think we lost like the first 30 or 40 episodes or something. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a real one. That's a, that's a real throwback. <laughs> the strawberry candies. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Go work in a funeral home. If you want a recession proof job, just <laughs> you should tell hurricane John. I don't know, dude. Maybe you should start a funeral home. Oh my god! Imagine if he tried to fucking be a like a funeral home director. The best part too is, is he has no patience either. So it's like he goes, "Well, no matter what, your relative's dead. So like, can we just like fucking pick a casket?" Yeah, it doesn't matter. This thing's gonna get fucking. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, is this? Are these the only options you have? How many options do you want me to have? No one's going to be able to see this thing ever again. If everyone does their job correctly, you will quite literally never see this thing ever again. <laughs> I would actually argue that if we do have to see this again, massive problem. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. There's his, uh, there's his job of the future. <clears throat> he'll, have to, he'll have to do it himself, though. Because that's the thing is he doesn't want to rely on other people. Yeah, so he'll do all the embalming, all the digging. No, no, he can hire out. It's gonna be he's gonna be the director, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to buy a house first, and turn the house into the into the funeral home. Commercial loan. Yeah. Write it off. Hopefully, he doesn't put too much down as a down payment. <laughs> I don't think that'll apply because it would be commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because otherwise, okay. So like, this is what you do, everybody. <laughs> go out, say the house is for a rental, and then maybe you don't have to deal with the fucking mortgage bullshit. Even though the mortgages are higher for commercial, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I guess I'm gonna rent this house out. Oh yeah, yes, to myself. <laughs> you could do that easily. No, you Just definitely put the could house, do that. Put, put the house put, in an LLC. 
the house goes in an LLC and you just do like a profit loss and accounting for it and all that. Yeah, kind of like what the uh, the Walpole fucking Express does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just keep <laughs> spinning it around. <laughs> That's only if you like take a draw off the profit yeah. of the house. <laughs> The team that that situation is just fantastic. Was it the team pays the rink? So the rink, the rink, the, the rink, rink was the rink was separate. So the team paid rent to be in the rink, and then the rink and the team would donate money to the foundation. All three entities, which were owned by the same guy. Just moving money, just just, shift, just shifting money. Just keep spinning it around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you want to uh, you want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. All right. Um. So I don't even know how long ago now, but I saw Air, the Michael Jordan movie, or whatever. Oh shit. Um. Yeah, I don't even know when the fuck we went. I feel like fucking forever now. Um, overall pretty good. I mean, I don't think it was anything to shit your pants about. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was cool. Um, a couple weird things like the actor who was playing Michael Jordan never shows his face. Cause apparently they thought it would be like too big of a deal for someone to play Michael Jordan. I don't know. Oh, that's weird. So like Jordan's not really in the movie then the back of his head is. So, like, there's always a figure that is Michael Jordan. Yeah. But you never see his face. It's like Steinbrenner in in um, Seinfeld. Yeah. You never see his face. Yeah. And people were like, oh, yeah, well, obviously you had to do that. It would take away from the movie. Don't think it would. Don't think it would, actually. But apparently like, they did. When Jamie Foxx plays Mike Tyson in the movie, people are going to be like, well, that's not Mike Tyson. <laughs> the movie would be a lot better if I couldn't see Jamie Foxx's face. <laughs> the fuck who gives a shit <laughs> I, I don't know now i also i could have been like a michael jordan thing being like yeah you can use my rights but no one can be me yeah <laughs> that see that makes more sense that would me. make more sense yeah. yeah yeah like no one's me so don't even fucking pretend to be yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's an interesting story and you know to not really understand like what some of the dynamics were and like, you know, Adidas and Converse, like those were like the big shoe deals and, you know, trying to figure out how to get Nike, which was a piece of shit company back then and how the fuck they were going to like figure it out or whatever. And, um, yeah, it's a moderately like, it's a, it's a, like the, it was, it was interesting, but then like also, you never really knew like how the fucking thing was going to go. Like you always know at the end, he ends up, he ends up with Nike eventually. Like everyone knows that he's been making fucking yeah. Nike shoes, like Jordans, but like their Nike brand yeah, for a million years. So, you, you know, he ends up there, but it's like, you're sitting there trying to figure out like, how the fuck does this work out? So, um, I don't even know if it's in theaters anymore. I don't know if I'd go see it in theaters wait for it to come out on something streaming it's worth yeah the whatever i wonder where i mean i'm sure it's on amazon prime because you can get everything on prime you just have to pay for it yeah it's probably not worth like a 20 dollar purchase i don't think 
but like yeah. $5 rental. Yeah. Yeah, it is on Prime. Or doesn't say. This is an article. Yeah. But anyway, it was good. Something different. Yeah. Might check it out. <clears throat> Again, assuming I can find it somewhere. Uh oh, apparently it's free on Amazon. Well, then it's great value then. Because it was backed by Amazon Studios. They're the ones that put it together. Oh. So it's, yeah, maybe I will watch it then. Well, I, at the, hey, at that rate, it's going to be a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. So my final thought uh, is... So I've mentioned it a few times now on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I st I'm still not done with the book, um, but I'm almost done, actually. I'm probably about 80% through at this point. Um, I've been trying to, I I truthfully like stopped reading. Uh, so it's uh, The Four Foundations of Golf. Uh, get to the fucking point, dude. Um, I stopped reading it for uh, like uh, probably almost two weeks. And over the this past week, I've been trying to read at least one chapter a day. Um, so like I said, I'm probably pretty close to 80% done at this point. But um, towards the end of the book, John Sherman goes into like different practice methods and doesn't say specifically like do this drill, right? Or like he's not trying to be a PGA coach. But he like outlines different strategies and different mindsets for like your practice, right? He's like, so, you know, if you go to the range, like you should have one or two max goals for your range session. And like, that's what you focus on is like, you shouldn't like when you start to go to the range and you're like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to do a little bit of that over there. It was, you're not being productive at anything. Like you're not spending enough time or focus on any one thing. Um, and it's a waste of your time. So I've been trying to be a little bit more intentional with my practice. Um, so I went to the range today at some point I had, um, I had like a, I had probably like two hours in the middle of the day. Um, when I finished the move before I had to start my afternoon meetings. So, and the, the place I was moving was in Pawtucket. So I literally beautiful live 15 minutes from there. And I drove by the driving range that I go to all the time. So want to want to moist it. Yeah. Yeah. It was right by want to moist it. Um, did you, go, did you go to the range at want to moist it? Oh no, I didn't. Because <laughs> okay. well, I can't. One, one, you're not allowed to, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went to the range again in the middle of the day and I sent you actually a Snapchat there. So I finally got the uh, Dr. Scholl's foot spray, just straightforward, nothing. It's five bucks on Amazon. Um, and I sprayed- Quite literally any store. Yeah, yeah. Quite literally any store. I just was lazy and bought it on Amazon. Um, so I sprayed my clubs like when I was- um, when I was at the range just to kind of see. So my whole intention 
for the session today was learn where I normally strike the ball on the face of the club, right? And obviously the goal is to hit it in the center, right? Hit it in the sweet spot. But also like I wanted to learn what it feels like when I hit the ball in different areas, right? So I didn't do anything different. I didn't be like, I'm going to set up this way to try and hit a fade or nothing. I literally just stood over the ball like I normally do, found a spot to aim at um, and just hit the ball, right? Some of them weren't good. Some of them were off the toe. Like some, so like they're, you know, whatever it was, a, a high draw or a low snap hook from the seven iron type, whatever it was, I was able to actually make a connection there, right? So you see what happens to the ball and then you look at the club face and you're like, oh, I just hit the ball right there. And you're like, for me, it's helpful, right? Because it makes a mental note of like, when the ball does that, I hit the club face there, right? Like when I hit a, when I hit the ball off the high toe, like it's going to do that, what it just did, right? So it's, it's helpful. Um, and also like learning the feelings, right? So I actually had it backwards for a while. The, the feeling of the ball coming off the club when it hits the toe I always thought like, oh man, I fucking hit it off the heel. Oh, I fucking hit it on the hosel, whatever, like all that. No, I actually am hitting it off the toe. And the feeling I got when I was hitting it off the heel, being like, oh, wow, that felt like shit. I feel like I toe shanked that. Nope, I was hitting it off the heel. So like, now I know what the feelings feel like basically, right? So it's just, it's all more so I can kind of understand the game a little bit better. Um, and fix it, right? Like I said, like I didn't spend too much time trying to fix anything, right? Like, 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 you know, like I said before, the only goal was to just swing the clubs and see where I was hitting the club face and like learn what's going on, right? When you strike the ball, what happens, um, I mean, here and there, I would obviously make a little bit of adjustments, right? Like if I hit two or three balls in a row off the toe, like, all right, let me, let me adjust here. Like, let me shift something. Let me, you know, focus a little bit more. And then it would be closer to the center. Um, but I wasn't like standing there being like, I'm going to try and hit this one off the toe. Now I'm going to hit this one off the heel. Now I'm going to hit this one low on the face. I'm going to hit this one high in the face. It wasn't, it wasn't that, um, so I don't know. I think it was um, it was pretty productive, and uh, all came basically from this book. And now someone like you is probably going to sit there and be like, "No shit, you dumb fuck." Um, but it just like didn't really dawn on me before this to like have like one specific goal for the range session because it's it's not like I mean I certainly used to just go to the driving range and swing the club. I would say more recently, I would go to the driving range with some sort of goal in mind, but it wasn't specific. And it might've been like three, four, five different things, right? So like, you know, I'm trying to get better here. I'm trying to trying to be better, trying to 
focus more and suck less at golf. Do you listen to their podcast? Uh, no, I don't. The sweet spot. It's Adam Young and John Sherman. Oh, really? Yep. Is that any good? Yep. You listen to it like all the time? Yep. Oh, shit. Well, I am going to go on the sweet spot. Yep. There it and is. And all of their stuff is, <clears throat> as he says, which is fucking, it, it's fucking, it's a super pet peeve. Oh, everything's evergreen. Fuck you. That fucking phrase. I get it. It's always good. As you know, everything on our show is evergreen. It's like, oh, God damn it, John Sherman, <laughs> you and your fucking Long Island accent. Fuck you. Um, but yes, everything on there, like they don't do anything topical. Like they don't talk about the masters or current golf. Like all of it is <clears throat> this shit. No, it could be too much. You might find it entertaining. I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. Seems like they do one a week. Ish. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's a fun one. How to build a home golf simulator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> Don't worry. Hey, I, I assure you, you will not be doing that. Yeah. Because they bring on the guy who actually does it. It's 40K. Yeah, I was going to say it'd have to be at least 25 grand. plus. Depending, I mean, depending on what simulator you want to use, that could be 20 grand in and of itself just for the fucking simulator. Never mind the construction to build all of the stuff that you need. Projectors, computers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out now. Yeah, because Adam Young's like all about like the skill development side. So like, he's a guy too, like, at, cause everyone gives him shit. He's like, Oh, you don't do anything technical. He goes, no, like if I need to do something technical, I will. He goes, I just don't think the people need to do as much technical stuff as they think. Right. He goes, and the swing doesn't need to look pretty either. Cause it just needs to be fun. He goes, it needs to be functional. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's a lot of info, but it's probably worth listening to. Yeah. I listen to it. Do you um do you usually kind of do the same thing? Like if you go to the range, do you have like a specific thing? And I mean, I know it's a little different for you because you see Gary pretty frequently. Yeah. So, so where I'm at in my current golf game, I'm not doing a lot of range practicing right now. Um, I am more, if I'm at the range, it's usually warming up. Right. And I do a lot of like my scoring stuff on the course. So I do need to get up there and just do some, uh, some speed putting, but again, that's been like, okay too. Although today, I don't know who the fuck set the cups. I was getting like four footers, five, six footers, like breaking like a foot. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? I didn't hit anything. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's been times where 
you know, like over the winter. Cause that's like when I like actually practice, but like, I'll just do a drill to work on strike location. And like, that's all I'll do. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, right? Have you read Sherman's book? Yeah. I read it when it came out. Yeah. So I don't, so this, this is the hard part because I've done some of Adam Young's, I have one of Adam Young's courses. I think it's the strike plan. Um, so I've done that. I've been listening to their podcast for over two years. I've been listening to the hack it out golf podcast for over two years. I've read his book. Yeah. That's Lou, right? Lou Stagner. Yeah. Lou Stagner, Mark Crossfield and Greg Chalmers. Um, you know, I've been seeing Lou's stats. I listened to Scott Fawcett. I've read the book. Like a lot of it has started, like a lot of it kind of overlaps in a way. Yeah. Um, so yes, I have, I've read the book. I'm familiar with it. I could probably read it again. I remember liking it. Pat the yeah. lefty was like a fucking new man after he read it. He probably needs <laughs> to read it again. <laughs> yeah, it really is like nothing in it is groundbreaking, right? Like it's not like, wow, this is like the one thing that's going to save your game. But all of it is like, holy shit. Like, why didn't I think of that before? Right. Like it's all pretty simple, straightforward stuff. Um, but it's stuff that like you don't think of, right? As simple as <clears throat> we talked about it after I played with Bill uh, a couple of weeks ago, where it was like, you know, you're a little a little errant off the tee, right? You're in the left rough and there's a tree right in front of you. There's a tree probably like, you know, 20, 25 yards in front of you, locking out the green. Well, instead of trying to hit the high draw with the nine iron and put it on the green, you're like, okay, I'll just take a seven iron, knock it down and land it in the fairway. And maybe it'll trickle on the green where in my case, it trickled just off the right side of the green onto the fringe. It's like, it's things like that. Right. And it's like play within your game. Like it's just simple things that you just don't think of really when you're on the golf course, especially someone like me, right? Where I'm inching my way down towards a 15 handicap, right? Like I would love to be, you know, I think realistically, I don't think 12 is out of the question by the end of this year. Um, But you know, I mean, we'll see. The inevitably, I'm going to explode. I've been playing really good golf lately, but I'm sure I'm going to have a blow up at some point. But, yeah, um, you know, someone like me, again, it's not as apparent, right? Because it's, again, some like, you know, someone who's a 16, 17 plus handicap is going to be like, oh, yeah, this shot, I'll just hit a high draw and put it on the green, right? It's like, well, you don't know how to do that, dickhead. Like, just take the easy shot, right? Like instead of being like, oh, there's a window there between those two trees, just chip it back into the fairway and hit your next shot on a clean lie in the middle of the fairway, right? It's just like, just be smarter. Just don't be less dumb. You should probably listen to the Chasing Scratch guys too. Although (laughs) for six fucking years, they've barely figured out how to not try to hit the miracle punch through the trees. (laughs) 
So yeah, like I said, if, if you're out there and you, you know, you listen to golf or you listen to golf, you play golf, right? Obviously you listen to this podcast. Um, I would highly recommend, um, it's called the four foundations of golf by John Sherman. Like I said, I'm about 80% done with it at this point. Um, it's really good. It's really good stuff. Like I said, nothing groundbreaking, nothing that's going to like, you know, blow your mind, but it will change your game. <laughs> I can, I can tell you that much if you actually read it and care and listen to it. So, you know, I think already, well, I mean, that's not fair. I think by the end of last season, I got down to a 17. Um, but I think when I, at the start of this season, I was probably closer to like a 19. Uh, and I think I'm already, I'm down to 17. I think I'm a 17.2 right now down from, you know, just in the first two ish months playing. Yeah. Just be aware. Like you're going to get fucked over on the way handicap is calculated. Do you know how it works? Um, not really. It has to okay. do with slope and fucking. No, 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 not that, not that part. Like you only have like five or six scores in, so yeah. they just take your best one and make it your handicap. Okay. When you get ten in, then they, I think they take an average of so many, and then when you get twenty in, it's your eight best. It's the average differentials of your eight best. So right. then, like as it pulls in more uh, scores yours might actually start to tick up until you can have a bigger sample of um, better scores in a way. Right, right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the the gin, do you call it gin or gin? I don't know. I think it's gin. I usually, I say gin, but it's weird because the H is there and like yeah. the, gin, the gin you drink doesn't have a gin. Yeah. So I'm I don't... like, oh, is it gin? But gin sounds stupid. <laughs> it does sound stupid. Um, so my gin handicap is like that, obviously. Like you said, I only have, you know, whatever, six or seven scores, I think, um, at this time. But my 18 birdies handicap, I think, is... But then that's skewed too, right? Because obviously it has... I've been using this app for like three years. I know yeah. obviously it'll take... It'll yeah, take this still in. the eight the eight best, but um, it's skewed for the entire time I've had it. Yeah. So on eighteen birdies, I'm a seventeen point eight, and on the gin, I am seventeen even. Yeah, because that's the best score. Because that's the best differential you've posted so far. Yeah, I know that. I don't know how it gets calculated at 10. And I do know how it gets calculated at 20. Yeah. But so either way. Just going to start playing better. Well, that's a, that's an option too. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm just trying to suck less. It's a big so, part of golf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. Uh, so that, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, uh, hit the thumbs up, like great review. Uh, if you're audio only, uh, you can actually leave us the review on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, it helps the show helps more people find it. 
uh, also helps when you tell everybody about the show. So all of those people in California and Pennsylvania and Virginia, uh, talking to all you guys, um, <clears throat> tell everybody, you know, keep telling everybody about the show. So you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. Uh, Twitter is sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks the website, sarcasmspeaks.com. Uh, there is a merch store where you can buy all kinds of merch. And then while you're at it, you can go to moonbrew.com. Use the promo code Jared16159 uh, and you'll get 10% off your Moonbrew tea. I was drinking it earlier, uh, as you can typically see in the show. Um, you can go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code SarcasmPod to get 10% off your order every single time you check out. And lastly, you can go to mybookie.com. Use the same promo code SarcasmPod to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. So that is going to do it for us. Until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.